Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Matthew chapter 18. We'll read here, we'll go ahead and read the scripture in verses 1 through 5. It says, At that time the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called a little child to him, set him in the midst of them, and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as a little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one little child child like this in my name receives me. You know, God has been at work around here. Things have uh, been going. I tell you, the year 2015 is, is already proving out to be a pretty epic year. I don't know about for you, but for me, I tell you what, it's just, it's just a different year. Just things uh, 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 God's doing. And, you know, it really has nothing to do with the calendar. It has something to do with things registering on people's heart. And then people taking a step, right, and trusting God and stepping out in the things he's asking. And, you know, God's at work. And, I, and I'm excited. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, it's the, be, well, mid, I guess, March now. It's hard to believe we're already into March, right? Uh, but mid-March, you know, we're, we're, we're in the middle of the month. And, uh, but, you know, we have another five, not five, we have another... Um, how many months? Nine. Eight and a half months. Yeah, eight and a half months. We're halfway through March, so eight and a half months, right? Nine and a half months. Well, whatever it is. All right, you look at your calendar. Whatever. I don't care. We have more time, right, in 2015 to grow. And I'm excited about what God's doing. I'm excited about how far we've come. I mean, I'm, I am truly excited. I look around, and, you know, as a, as a pastor, you know, when you, uh, uh, it's exciting when you see people uh, in the congregation and members of, of the local body getting a hold of things. It's exciting to see it happen. I mean, you know, the light's coming on, you know, and people beginning to step out and beginning to be used by God. Uh, one of the scriptures, you know, that, that I've, I've repeated often is in uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 4 that he put these gifts in, into the church, you know, the pastor, the pastor, teacher, prophet, evangelist, you know, all these different things. Things for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. When the body begins to, to step up and, and take its shape and begin to, to the Bible says, the uh, causes growth of the body by what each part supply, you know, uh, doing its share that it supplies and it edifies itself. What does it mean? It builds itself up. The body gets stronger. And as a local church, you know, people are stepping up and, and uh, uh, responding to the promptings of the Lord, you know. And, and, you know, I'll say this these things are easy things. They are easy things, they're not difficult. But they do require you to get out of your comfort zone a little bit. You know, uh, 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 he said that my burden is easy, my yoke is light, my burden is easy. He didn't say it wouldn't be uncomfortable. Meaning uncomfortable on your flesh. What does that mean? Just your flesh, just human nature. You'd rather just sit back and do nothing. You'd rather just sit back and just take it easy and not get out there and, and do anything. But you know, as you begin to do it, uh, it gets easier and it gets more exciting. And that's exciting for a pastor to see these things happening. I mean, it, it's exhilarating to see it and hear testimonies of this one and that one uh, doing this and, and seeing. Because, you know, every time uh, people get on board with what God is doing, as each person is added, the church as a whole, the local body, begins to pick up steam, so to speak, and begins to move faster and, and, and go further in God's plan uh, that he has for us, you know. And uh, we want to make sure we have everything, we accomplish everything that God is asking us to do. Amen. I mean, th for 35 years we've been here, the church has been here, and they've been 35 wonderful years, but our best years are ahead. 
the best years for this church, the best years for you lie ahead, amen? And whether or not we see them, whether or not we walk in those things is entirely up to us. It's not based upon a calendar. It's based upon our hearts, and it's based upon our uh, 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 yieldedness to do what God is asking us to do. And we've got our part, and as soon as we do our part, we know that God will come alongside and do his part. And so it's exciting. There's a lot of things going on, a lot of things that are happening. And uh, this particular, uh, the Lord brought me to these scriptures as a, uh, uh, some things here to talk about that will help us. It, maybe you're on the fence, and, and you know, you're born again, you love the Lord, and, and, but you're kind of on the fence. You know, I hear Jordan's testimony, and I hear the things that different ones are, are doing, and, and the things that the Lord is speaking to this one and that one. But, you know, I don't know if, if this is for me. I don't know if this is something that God wants to do in my life. I don't know if this is something that, that it's even possible for me. Well, I'm here to tell you this morning, it is. And so if you're on the fence, you know, trying to, trying to see if, this is, if there's a place for you, there's a place, right? And if you're beginning to step out in these things, these are some, some, some things I believe the Lord has laid on my heart that will help us to continue to move forward. Amen. Are you out there this morning? It will help us to continue to, prog- to progress and to move forward and to gain new ground. You know, military uh, speaking, when you have when a military uh, uh, endeavor or something that's going on, it's about gaining ground. The enemy may, may possess, possess area during World War II. You know, the, the Germans had taken almost the entirety of Europe, had taken everything. It's, you know, if it wasn't for uh, uh, Great Britain, I mean, all of Europe would have been lost. And so, you know, Britain, uh, uh, Great Britain was standing strong. American forces got involved. Of course, we know the, the Russian forces from the northern front started moving in. And what did they do? They began to gain ground, retake ground. And it took effort on their part to do it, but I tell you what, it was worth it. I mean, if you look back, that generation, had they not made the sacrifice that they made, our world today would look very different. I mean, the sacrifice, not only there, but even on the other side of the, on the planet, you know, they had the, the war in Japan that was going on. Had, had, uh, had that, that generation not responded and stepped up and decided, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, in America, we were, we were. We were comfortable over here. I mean, the really things for us were fine. Of course, we didn't know that there were actually, there was more things going on that the Germans were doing that people just didn't know here in the U.S. They had plans for us too, but uh, you know, how many know it's better to respond before you have to respond? right? Before your home was taken to finally decide it's time to, to defend my house, right? And so they responded, and really it wasn't even for their benefit, it was for somebody else's benefit. Their benefit down the road, but for somebody else's need, and they stepped up. But it's a process of taking ground one step after another. One, one little bit, one little bit at a time, one little move, you know. We've moved a lot. We've moved a lot, and, and, and all these years we've, had, we've made progress, and even so far this year, we've made a lot of progress. But there's a lot of progress to to be gained still. There's still a lot of ground that we can retake, right? I mean, you know, the enemy came in and messed everything up. We're here. Jesus came to set things right, and we're still in that ministry. We're still doing the job that he, that he was doing on the earth, right? We know in the realm of the Spirit is taken care of, but on the earth today that the enemy is still at work, and we have a job to do to enforce the, the truth, to enforce what Jesus died and paid for, right? That's what we're doing, but it's one step at a time. One step at a time, one step at a time. And these things are, are things that will help us to get in the fight, but then also help us to stay in the fight, to stay on the front lines, to not, to, not to, to grow weary in doing well, right? But to stay steady 
at doing what the Lord has asked us to do and to see more and more victories be won, right? And so these are things that, like I said, that the Lord has placed in my heart. And I tell you, uh, they're simple things, and they're things that mo- many of you know. But, you know, it's not what we know, it's what we're doing. That, that, that's where the answer is. That's where the victory is. It's, it's being a doer of the things. But oftentimes, in order to be a doer of it, you've got to really see it for what it is. You know, we know a lot, and it's easy to come to a church and to, you know, a church like this where we teach the Bible and, and we, we don't make excuses. We don't teach out of Reader's Digest, you know. We, we, we teach the Bible. We, we're endeavoring to do our best, right? And uh, it's easy to come and, and have a lot of knowledge and a lot of knowledge, but knowledge alone puffs up. I said knowledge alone will just puff you up. It's revelation knowledge. What does that mean? It's something that the Lord quickens and makes real to you. When it's real to you... It's not just something you know, but it's something that is real and alive to you. I tell you what, and then you take a step, and it still requires action on your part. But when you do it, that's a combination that God can work with. And so that's where we're at. That's where we're at right now. So we have these scriptures that the Lord placed on my heart. And I want to read this again out of Matthew, out of the Amplified uh, Version. You can just listen to me. It says, at that time, the disciples came up and asked Jesus, who then is really the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called a little child to himself and put him in the midst of them and uh, said to them, Truly I say to you, unless you repent, which is change and turn around or turn about and become like this little child, he lists four things here, trusting, lowly, loving, forgiving, you can never enter the kingdom of heaven at all. Whoever will humble himself, therefore, and become like this child, trusting, lowly, loving, forgiving, is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And so last, uh, uh, last week we started talking about the trusting area, about the trusting thing, and it's, and it's no secret that this is our foundation that is listed in these scriptures. How do you agree that it's important to trust in the Lord? Amen. One thing about little children is little children naturally trust their parents. They just trust their parents. I mean, it's instinctive with them to trust mom and dad. It's instinctive, actually, to even trust adults, to trust people who look like mom and dad, you know. And so we tell our kids, you know, to, 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 you know, to, to, to uh, be careful with strangers, you know, stranger danger. You know, if somebody offers you a, a lollipop, says, get in my car, don't get in their car. You know, we talk about these things to them. But, you know, instinctively, kids are just trusting. They start off trusting right? I mean, that's my nature. They're just trusting. And, 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 you know, I know when our kids were young, I mean, they would do just about anything if we told them to do it. Jump off that. They jump off of it. I mean, you know, they, they're going to do it. They're just trusting. If you say it's possible, then bless God, it's possible to do it. But, you know, over time, as we grow up and as a, as a person matures, that trust level, just naturally speaking, decreases, doesn't it? It gets less and less and, and comes further and further down. And where, where somebody was very trusting, in a, in a short amount of time, their trust level begins to reduce. And they're more uh, strategic as far as who they will trust. And that's important. You know, we, we need to be careful, right? Uh, but they're more strategic as far as who they're going to trust. But in general, their trust level drops. In general, their trust level drops. So what happens? Well, as our minds begin to be more and more programmed by the way this world works and the way this world thinks and the way this world operates, what hap- what, what's going on? It, fear is being instilled and an expectation that isn't, isn't pure anymore begins to be set in people's lives, right? And so where trust was there, you're not thinking of my kids going to Blue Springs and jumping off the dock, you know. Uh, uh, when they were real little, 
infants, you know, just learning to walk, I'd put them up there and, and say, jump in the water. Now, I didn't do this to them, but you could do this, right? You know, they're like, yeah, right. No, I really, I didn't do this. Um, I could tell, you know, Jack, Nate, or me when they were really young, you know, I could have told them, jump off the dock to dad. And they'd have done it without hesitation. Now, I didn't do that when they were super little. I, I waited a little while. And when I, by the time I got them to do it, asked them to do it, suddenly they're now aware of gravity, right? They're now aware of, of water, that you can't breathe it, right? They're aware of those things, and, and they're aware, beginning to become aware of the fact that, you know, they see Dad there, but they also see all of the water, they see dad in the water saying, jump to me, and they, and they know they trust me, but outside circumstances are now starting to speak louder than what their dad is saying, right? The things that are around them are, 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 are the voice of those things are, is getting louder and louder, and, and dad's saying, here, I'm right here, I'll catch you, gets quieter and quieter. And so eventually, you know, you have them, and all, th- all three, have all three of ours gotten where they'll jump off the dock now? I think so. I don't, who knows? But anyway, I hope so. This summer, we're tossing them off. But anyway, um, <laughs> not going to jump. You're going to trust me. You're going to go. But anyway, um, that's actually how I learned to swim. Somebody threw me into a pool. I had no idea how to swim. So I got tossed in, and I learned real quick. So anyway, praise God. Uh, not, are you really going to do that to your kids? No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, no, uh, but, you know, uh, they eventually got to the place where they learned that, that you know, they, they trusted their dad. And I'm telling listen, you'll be fine. You can handle this. If you can swim in two feet of water, you can swim in 30 feet of water. It makes no difference. If you can swim in five feet, you can swim in, in 100 feet of water. But, you know, when, you're, when, when as your information level goes up, you realize that 100 feet is a lot a lot more than three feet, right? And so what happens? You don't trust yourself. Well, you know, we have the kids to jump in, and so eventually they got to where they would do it, and they learned for themselves that overcame some fear that they had that they didn't originally have, but they made a decision to overcome that fear and trust what I was telling them, and they saw that what I was saying would work for them. You know, our walk with God is the same way. You're born instinctively, when, you, when a person is born uh, a child of God, there is an expectation and a trust that's there, but circumstances and the knowledge that we've gained through the world wants to tell us to not trust our dad, not trust our heavenly father, to yes, only trust it to a degree that it makes sense. And how many of you know that if we only trust to the degree that it makes sense here, we'll be limited in what we can do? We'll be limited in how effective we can be. If we're going to move forward, we have to grow in the trust of the Lord. Right? We have to continue to be moving forward and be stepping up and to, and to be progressing in this area. Trust is vital. You know, if you think of uh, uh, the psalmist David, you know, one of the things, it, well, it's interesting, just even before that, who is the one that slayed Goliath? It was David. There was an army of hardened battle, or battle-hardened military men that were around listening to the things that Goliath was saying, but it wasn't necessarily what Goliath was saying, it was what Goliath looked like right? And none of them were, were willing to do anything. Now, the Lord had, had, had been with the children of Israel and done all these things that he had done for them. If you had stepped back and looked at it logically from God's perspective, it's not a big deal at all. But logically, from man's perspective, there was a problem there. But David was young, and he didn't really care what it looked like. See, what was accomplished there was done through somebody who had the heart of a child, Somebody that was there and didn't really care what the person looked like, he had his attention on the Lord Jesus. 
His attention was on his, well, not the Lord Jesus, his heavenly father. He didn't know who Jesus was at the time. But his, his heavenly father, that's where his attention was. And if you read through the Psalms and, and you go through the Psalms and look at them, I mean, it is one of the, the things that is the signature uh, subject or signature things that, things that David went back to constantly was his trust in the Lord. If you go and look in your, your concordance, there are tons of them there, but I just wrote one down. In uh, Psalms 37.3, Psalms, the 37th chapter, verse 3, it says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Feed on his faithfulness. Whoo, praise God. Trust in the Lord and do good. Notice, trusting in the Lord will cause you to do something. Trust precedes you doing something. Trust is something you have to have first, and it's something that we, as believers, we have to learn to trust in the Lord and trust in our Heavenly Father, right? We, it's something we must do. It says, he said, he trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land, and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. How, 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 does that sound good to anybody this morning? Get, getting the desires of your heart being given to you. Woo, praise God. I mean, that was what Amy and I had in our wedding invitation. Tr- you know, uh, uh, trust in the Lord. What, what? Yeah, delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Right? I mean, it worked for me. It didn't work for her. But anyway, so uh, she's almost there. She's almost there. She's got, she got second-rate delight. But anyway, uh, no, delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Everybody wants that. But notice it started with trust. And then he goes on, goes on to say in verse 5, Come, uh, um, commit your ways to the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Yeah. Yeah. Trust is so important. Trust is so important. You know, if we're going to continue to move forward, our trust level must also be increasing. Trust is vital. Trust, trust is a, uh, something that it's not a... Uh, 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 it's, not a, it's not an alternative ingredient. It's something that's required. And you know, as we begin to trust, one, we said this before, you know, children that uh, trusting in the Lord, they believe anything is possible. We read the scripture in Mark 11. We'll look at it again real fast. Mark 11, uh, the 20, everybody know where we're going? Mark 11, 23, praise God. Is this all right this morning? Amen. Mark 11. Well, you kind of talked about some of this stuff last time. Yeah, but we're, we're talking about it again because we need to get this. Mark eleven twenty three. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain and be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes those things will be done, or believes that those things he says will be done, he'll have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Children believe anything is possible. And what is that based on? It's based upon their trust of their father. They believe anything's possible because they trust, they trust their dad, right? And so our trust level must be growing. It must be increasing. Uh, well, you might say, well, well, how do I trust in the Lord? You know, I'm in a place, and we can all acknowledge that through life, our ability just, just in and of itself to trust in the Lord is not where it needs to be. We, we can all agree there, right? I mean, we've all been programmed to the way this world works and the way this world operates and, and, the, and the thought process of, processes of this world. We've all been programmed. 
well, how do I get from here? If you want to move forward, how do I get from here and progress and grow in my ability to trust in the Lord? Well, it's an easy thing. Go with me over to uh, Proverbs chapter, uh, Proverbs the uh, third chapter. It's an easy thing, but it does require some effort on our part. It requires our attention. Proverbs chapter 3. Now, these are scriptures I like to read uh, from time to time when we do the offering. Uh, I'll read these scriptures, but there, there's such truth here uh, that we need to see and, and we need to implement in our life. In Proverbs, the third chapter, verse 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. We all know that we need to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. That's not something that, that is surprising or offensive or, or a believer would question it at all. If you're born again, you know that you should trust in the Lord with all of your heart. How many would agree that trusting in the Lord in part of your heart and other areas not trusting doesn't, doesn't cut the mustard? Right? It's not good enough. It, you just know there is something more to be had, right? There's a greater place for you to be living in. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And he tells us how to do this and lean not on, on your own understanding. Trusting in the Lord means we cannot lean on our own understanding. If you're going, I'll say it this way, if you're going to trust in the Lord with all of your heart, it goes on to say, in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. He's talking about a full, uh, 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 a full scope of life. Trusting in the Lord with, uh, with all of your heart and in every area of your life. In order to do that, it's so important that we lean not on, a, on our own understanding. What does that mean? To simply say, you know, I know what this says, but I'm going to put my weight over here. Right? I mean, you, you can, going back to the Blue Springs, the, the Blue Springs doc, you can say, I trust that dad will catch me. And so I'll dangle one foot over the edge, but as long as the weight is on that back leg on the dock, you're not going in the water. And a lot of believers, I think, and myself included, have been here in the past where, where we were stepping over into areas of trust, stepping over into really trusting him and experiencing what the, the benefit, you know, when, you, when, you, when your kid learns to jump off the dock at Blue Springs, they just want to jump off the dock all the time. Why? Because you, you realize it's fun. You enjoy it. But getting over that first, that first time, you, you, you begin to dangle your foot over. You're, you're partially trusting. You can say you're trusting a little bit, but honestly, where's your weight? Your weight's on that back leg. Your weight's on your, your, your trust is in the hand that's holding on to the guardrail, right? And I know this for a fact because I would get, try to get my kids to jump in, and maybe somebody else was waiting in the water for them, and I was going to try to coax them in from the dock this time. And if I touched their hand on the rail, wah, they would just freak out, right? Their trust was still in that dock. Their trust was still in that one foot on the dock. Their trust was still on, that, on their hand on the rail. But until you let go of those things, you're not going to be able to step into what God has for you. You're not going to be able to experience the thrill of what God has for you. You're just not going to be able to experience it. You can see it, and you can, you can even see it and see others enjoying it, but until you make the decision to take your trust off yourself and what you know and place it on what the Lord is telling you, until you do that, you'll never really experience what God has for you. You'll just never do it. Now, I have an example this morning. Steve, can you grab that, that first thing for me? I've got an example, and, and I, just, th this, I, I just want to drive this home today. I believe this is an important thing. The issue of trust is vital for us. When a person um, uh, gets born again, 
Let's wait for Steve to come out. We have a ladder here. Bless the Lord. We have a ladder. Now, a couple things here. We know, if you know anything about, about, about God and about the Word of God, and, and we're comparing, our, we're, we're looking at trust and, and um, not leaning on our, on our own understanding. There is a different way of looking at things. That if we're going to do what God's asking us to do, we can't view everything the way that it's been done. We have to begin to trust in the Lord, right, and not lean on what we can see. What, and not leaning on your understanding means you're leaning on somebody else's understanding. You know, one thing you'll, I've learned is this. Your understanding and where you decide to place your attention is going to determine where your trust really is. Where you put your attention and what you're looking at and how you're allowing yourself to think is going to affect what you experience. There's no way around it. I said there's no way around it. And so if you're going to begin to trust in the Lord and begin to, to, to do these things, you've got to look to the way he does things. And the moment you begin doing that, you realize that the way God does things is not on the level we do things. Right? The word says that his ways are, are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. As far as the heaven is above the earth, so are his ways above our ways, right? He's saying that the way he does things and the way he looks at things and how he views, views things is not even close to where we are. Right? I mean, mankind dumbs everything down. We think everything as far as uh, really say carnal thinking, what is in worldly thoughts. The Bible says carnal thinking is thoughts that are uh, thoughts and uh, what is it um, uh, emotions and, and feeling. I forget all of a sudden what the scripture says, but the, in the Amplified, it's thoughts and emotions without the Holy Ghost, sense and reason without the without the Holy Spirit. That's what it is. Sense and reason, what you can see, and how that processes in your mind, but void of the Holy Ghost. The minute you add the Holy Ghost to it, you add the Spirit of God to it, it challenges what you see. Now, you see things. It'll cause you to start seeing things differently, but from a different perspective, right? It'll cause you to start looking at things different. We're talking about trusting in the Lord. We're talking about continuing to trust in the Lord. When a person gets born again, see, stand up. This is something we call a trust fall, right? When a, no, you're not falling to me. <laughs> you better not trust me, brother. That's all I'm saying. We have two people on the floor this morning. Anyway. <laughs> Tell the truth, Sister Edna says. All right. Well, then we'll have a miracle service. Let's lay hands on them. Anyway, I'm just kidding. I can handle them, but I'm not. Anyway, so a trust fall, when, when we, they do these things, you know, corporate events, play, people, they do these things to learn to, to, to what is the whole point of, of these exercises is, is to, to learn to rely on somebody else. You know, relying on the people is great, but it's better we learn to rely on God. Right? People can fail you. He will never fail you. You know, naturally speaking, you do a trust fall. Oh, it was just that easy, right? That's what 160 pounds will do for you. No, that's not more than that. But anyway, uh, you, you, you're, what you're, you're taking the, the you're, you're removing the effort of protecting yourself and keeping yourself upright, and you're trusting yourself by falling into somebody else's arms, right? You place trust in them. Well, in order for me to do that, I've got to evaluate, is this person trustworthy? Right? If this were Jack, my, my oldest son up here, I'm not going to fall into Jack's arms. I mean, he, he's an Anderson, and he's, he's strong, I tell you that. But he's not that strong, right? 
He's going to grow into a manly man, but right now I'm not falling into, into Jack's arms. I have to call, I have to, you have to evaluate the person you're putting your trust in. And when a person gets born again, that's the first step. They're, they're, they make the decision, they find out who, they, they get a glimpse of who God is. And what do you do? You put your trust in the Lord and he's there to catch you, right? But you know, in the things of God, sadly enough, a lot of times people just stop right there. They just stop right there. But if you begin to see things the way he sees things and not just the way the world sees things, it'll show you that there's, there's a step to take. There, there are some areas. Why? He's, as a church, he's calling us to move up higher, isn't he? Several weeks ago, you know, the Lord had said in one of the services that an invitation has been, get, has been sent out to this church to move up. We sing that song, I will move up higher. You know, these sweet, we, we used to sing that song, that song, I don't know. I will move up higher. Well, the Lord is wanting us to move up. But in order for us to move up, we've got to make sure we're still trusting in him. And we do that by, by not leaning on our own understanding. What am I talking about? Really what I'm talking about goes back to something I talk about all the time, is we must renew our minds. It's something the Lord keeps bringing me back to. If we're going to move up, we have to continue to change the way we're looking at things. You know, when a person gets born again, they fall into the arms of the Lord. They put their trust there. But if you're going to progress and move forward, you know, in the area of health in your body, you are required to take a step up, a step above the way the world does things and the thoughts of this earth and the, and the, and the traditions of men and the way we look at things, right? You're, you're forced, if you're going to begin to operate and do things the way he does it, you've got to renew your mind so you can begin to see his perspective. But you also have to be renewing your mind to keep seeing who he really is. And your perspective of him has always got to be growing. This morning we sang songs about, you know, God is big, right? He's a big God. We kept talking about the greatness of God, kept talking, singing about those things. Why is that important? Because you're keeping your focus on your father and you're getting a better glimpse every day of who he really is, Right? But it's something that, that you have to do. And so you move up one step, you move up another step, right? You get a little bit higher. I never somebody's seen in a ladder in church, right? You move up a little bit higher. The problem is a lot of times is this. We, we see things and we move up to certain points, certain, certain levels, right? But, but, but based upon our understanding, we don't see anything else. Are you out there this morning? We're not seeing anything else. And so if you're not continuing to renew your mind, you're, you're not seeing anything. You've only seen what you've seen so far, and that will eventually you will, you, will, you will plane out. You'll level out in your progression. You have a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Maybe you can trust the Lord for health, but what about in the area of finances? Until you get some revelation in the area of finances, you're not going to be a tither. You're not going to be a giver. And then you're not going to enjoy the benefits, the jumping off the dock, the acceleration, right? The fun and the enjoyment there is to trusting him in that area. You might bring a 20 to church every week, but you're not willing to actually bring 10%. See, what, what's required there? It's required that a person renew their mind. See things from a higher perspective, but then also keep sight on the fact of who their dad is. Right? Keep an idea of who daddy is. And then you get to a point where you level out, but then the Lord will call you up to move up higher. You can grab the next one. He'll call you to move up higher. Is this All right. They're going to go quick, hopefully. He'll call you to move up. When you start seeing things, and as a church, we've been, we've been called to move up in some areas. Go with me over Romans chapter 12. Romans, the 12th chapter. While they're setting that up,
We're talking about trusting in the Lord. We're talking this, and he's saying, you know, I, I, we're showing you how this is done. How, how, do, how does Jordy get from, from 20, 20, how many years? 20, 24, 24 years and six months, you know, of just only going so far. How did he do that? Well, he began to see things the way God sees things. What is that? What is that? That's called renewing your mind. That's all it is. It's just renewing your mind. And this is something that anybody can do. It says in Romans, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, Romans 12, 1, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Notice what goes back to this. This is, this is where the scripture sets in, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How are we going to prove these things out? Renewing our mind causes us to see things from a higher perspective, right? But it also causes us to see God in a more detailed light. Steve, Steve is representing, representing God. This is, he always wants to represent God. So he's representing God this morning, right? And as you begin to step up in things and you're seeing things from a higher perspective, the word will cause you to see things you've not seen before in a way that doesn't make sense to people who are living down there, Right? Your perspective changes. Who saw the movie uh, years ago in the 80s or 90s, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Right? The crazy movie that came out, you know. And so they shrunk the kids, you know. And the kids ended up in the front yard. Right? And they're running around. The blades of grass look like monstrous trees, you know. And the ants and things are just the scariest thing in the world. That's what an unrenewed mind where it leaves you. Right? That's what, an, that's what carnal thinking, thought and reason, sense and reason without the Holy Ghost, things are out of perspective and things that, that you are designed and created to, to be over and not just be over, be over to the point where you don't even pay attention to them. We sang the song this morning, he's under my feet, right? The enemy is under your feet. Really, when something is under your feet like the grass, you're not really paying attention to the grass. Why? It's under your feet, much less all the creepy little crawlies that are in the grass. You could care less. Why? Because your perspective's up here. But being born again and not, not, and not renewing your mind puts you in a position that you're aware, you're aware there's something else, but you're also aware that, that, that you know, you're, you're, you need to, you're, you're falling short in these areas, right? But get your perspective up where you're looking above things. So you begin to see things as they are, the way God sees things, but that you also need to make sure you're increasing your understanding of him. That's why we sing these songs about my God's a great God. He's a big God. What are you doing? You're strengthening him. Ryan, come here. See, as you, come quick. As you're doing this, look at that boy run. As you're doing this, see, now God's growing. He's growing in your sight. You're seeing things from a different person. Now they both, it grew a lot with Ryan. Let me tell you something right now. That's a big old, that's a lot of growth. Anyway, no, you're, you're, now they represent God together. Your perspective is changing, right? Your perspective is changing. But what gives you the boldness to keep stepping up? Because you're seeing things, but you're also seeing who your dad is. No matter what happens, he's got you covered. You can rely and trust on him, right? You can rely and trust on him. And so, and so falling off into, into his arms, suddenly it's not scary anymore. It might have been scary on the ground, but well, then you learn that that's not a big deal. So you start taking a step up, seeing things from a different place, and then putting your trust in him and seeing who he really is. You can continue to move up. It's renewing your mind. If you don't renew your mind, you're not even going to get on the ladder. 
It's not even going to happen. What God's doing here, you're not even, you'll miss it entirely unless you learn to trust in the Lord with all of your heart, in all of your ways, acknowledge Him. And it's not, it's not difficult. It's just a simple matter of changing the way you look at things. Well, how do you do that? It, it, how do you, it's in his word. It's in his word. It's getting to know him through the word and by the Holy Ghost. I've got another ladder back there that's a 12-footer. What's that? I'm a top feet. I got another. And we have one back there that's, what, 16 feet. I'm not bringing those out. We don't have time for that. But you can bring another one up. And you get to a place to where you're, this is the, I've arrived. I've arrived. And the Lord starts talking to you. There's something else that's out there. You begin to get a glimpse of something else. What are you going to do? How are you going to get there? You start renewing your mind. Because it's going to require you to think in a way you've not thought before. See things from a perspective you've not seen before. But then also get a, a better understanding of who your dad is. And see that the power, everything you need is there. Right? Should I actually fall back? Do you want me to fall back? Well, all right, good enough. Anyway, I was, I was going to bring the, the 12-footer out and then really get like eight guys out here to help. But anyway, no, you're growing in these things. The, the work, the, in, in Romans uh, chapter 12, the Amplified says, not to be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of, renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitudes, that you may prove for yourself what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. The Message Bible says, don't be so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. Fix your attention on God. What are you looking at? Fixing your attention on him, what does his word say? Who does he tell, what is he saying to you in times of prayer? What's the Holy Ghost revealing to you? Put your attention on him. He notice it goes on to say, it says you'll be changed from the inside out. See, it's not, you don't have to change yourself. Just seeing him for who he is causes change to happen in your life. Obedience is still necessary, but change will happen just by seeing who he is and seeing yourself in light of who he is. He says you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. We're talking about trust. We're talking about trust is what we're talking about. One of the things that children do, they trust. Well, I, I have a hard time trusting. You can get better at trusting. You can get better at trusting. Change the way you see things. Your, your trust level will grow, right? But it still says that you have to uh, uh, recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. What is that? Functioning at a level less than who you are. As a believer, you are a son and daughter of God, right? You're qualified as a believer to be used of God. If a per as soon as a person gets born again, you're qualified to be used of God. You don't have to wait 24 years and six months. You're qualified today to be used of God. You're qualified because you're a son of God. You're qualified. But see, staying down here, well, it is a level of immaturity, 
And it does drag you down. It goes on to say, God bringing the best out of you, developing well-formed maturity in you. How are we going to, to, to maintain a childlike attitude of trust? Trusting, like children, renew our minds. Renew our minds. Brother Hagin said, he said it, he said one of the greatest needs in the, in the body of Christ is for people to renew their minds. It's true then, it was true then, it's still true today. As much as I see, I realize there are, there are, as much as I see, I realize there's more to see. As much as I see from God's perspective, I realize that there's, he's always going to show you there's something, there's something more. There's something more. And, and it's exciting to start climbing that ladder and to start moving up into those things, but it's, it's available to anybody who'll respond. You know, Sunday morning, we have a large mixture of people that are here on Sunday morning. Every person here is qualified to do this. If you're born again, you're qualified to have these things, and God wants you to step up in these areas. Health in your body, yes. Health in your finances, yes. Health in your home, yes. Right? Health in your mind, yes. Right? He wants you to move up into those things. It doesn't just happen on its own just doesn't happen on its own. But he wants you to step into this, and you're qualified to do that today. His grace is there. His grace is for you. His heart is towards you. But there's something you have to do about it. You've got to renew your mind. He's not, he's not making robots. He has sons and daughters, right? And so you do something about it. And then he begins to talk to you about others. You know, I, I would dare say not that long ago, because I found myself here, I didn't even notice people in the grocery store. It wasn't that you would have just run from them. You probably wouldn't even noticed them a year ago, unless they ran into you or something. I mean, you wouldn't even have noticed them. I've done that. Don't even notice people. What happens when you begin to see things from his perspective? You start seeing people. You start seeing the needs that they have. But then you start seeing the fact that the one who came to meet the needs is living on the inside of you, right? And you start seeing these things. What happens as a result? It changes you from the inside out. Now you're seeing them, and then you're seeing what he wants to do, what's possible, that he wants to use you. You're seeing these things. And then you just got to simply step out and trust that and obey it, fall into that. He's there to catch you. He's there to back you up. He's not going to let you bump your head on the ground. He's not, he's not, you're not going to get hurt if you'll trust in your dad. But it requires us, no matter how much we mature, we have to stay like a child in this area. No matter how much we grow and how smart we get in the things of God, we have to maintain a level of, of childlike trust in the Lord. Well, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's, it's so important. It's so important that we do these things. You know, this morning, if nothing else, I just want you to leave with, with a renewed, uh, 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 I don't know what the right word is. Yeah, a renewed, renewed desire. A renewed desire to go after these things. But start with your own way of thinking first. You're, you're going to have to crucify some ideas. Nail those things to the cross, Right? sacrifice some things, nail some things to the cross, some sacred cows. One thing, too, I've learned as you start climbing up, when a new ladder is brought up, sometimes you have to relearn some things you thought you knew before. Make some adjustments in the way you looked at something. 
It's, you, 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 it was good, and God was happy, and he wasn't upset with you. He's, he's ecstatic with you. But in order to, for the new, the new area, you got to make some adjustments and fine-tune some things. Trust him enough to be open to what he wants to talk to you about. It all goes back to trusting him and renewing your mind. Amen? Well, praise God. I don't know if that was a help to you this morning. I tell you, God's got so much for us. We, listen, he's in the business of not just starting but finishing. And he, it's his desire to finish what's been started around here. Is it your desire for him to finish it? Is it your desire for him to finish it? I mean, if, if you want it, then let's do something about it. I mean, let's make it our, our, our aim this next week. You know, last week I gave some, you know, make it this week, your aim this week to see people and, and to get your hands on some people. Pray for them. The Word says you lay your hands on the sick, they'll recover. Well, put God to the test. Trust Him and respond. This week, spend, do those things. But this week, take, take, get the Word out. And specifically, Lord, I need you to help me. I'm going to approach the Word today. I'm going to approach my prayer time, my time of prayer. I want you to show me things I, that I need to correct in my thinking. He'll do it. He'll do it. And it, there's, it, there's such joy there when He does. He doesn't beat you up over it. It's, it's liberating. It's liberating. Why? Because you, you're not scared of the big, tall grass anymore. You realize that it's just something that I can cut it if I want to cut it. I mean, it's, it's nothing to me. Right? Well, God's good. Amen. Let's all stand. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we love you, Lord Jesus. We, we bless you. We thank you for your goodness. Hallelujah. We're so grateful for who you are. We're so grateful for all that you've done for us. We're so grateful for your kindness, Father, for your love that you have for us. Father, it's our desire to continue to, 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 be in a, to be in a position where we're continually making adjustments to be more like you, to look more like you, to think more like you. Father, I thank you for your hand that, that is upon each of us, your hand that's upon us to do the things that we've been called to do. Father, there is such grace on us right now to move forward. Help us to see that, Father. Help us to, to see that there's such, uh, 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 there, there's, no, there's not been a time like this where there's such grace to move forward. Father, it's my heart's desire, it's my prayer that every person here who's been joined to this church, every member of this local body, Father, that you would as a whole begin to move on each of us to continue to step up, to continue to move up, to continue to, to, to get closer Hallelujah. Closer to the level where you are. The place, the perspective that you have. The way of doing things that, that, that you operate in. Father, help us to move that direction. Stir hunger in us for these things. Father, I thank you. Great days lie ahead. Great things lie ahead. Because the way, the way has already been prepared. There are good works that you have already prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The work has already been done. It's just the, uh, us walking in it that's left to be done. Father, help us to see what we need to see. Help us to hear what we need to hear. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for the grace of God and your ability upon our lives. Father, we thank you for today. Hallelujah. We love you. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.